The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a moment with Morris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are back with the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say some, say some, say something. That's right. When we get together, we talk about what's going on in the world, out here in the life, out here in the traffic, out here in these streets. And things come, 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 streets. It's almost like the auto-tune version. You like that one, huh? <laughs> Bringing you episode number 77. We said 77 was going to hit you right in the face, and it did right back at you. 77 was a great year. That's when I entered the world. Okay. <laughs> All right. No doubt. I'm a little partial to 77. Uh, every episode, we like to highlight somebody that we uh, believe is important to, to speak our own narratives and highlight our black excellence. No and, doubt. And, and our folks that you may or may not have heard of. A moment with black excellence. That's with right. Jermaine. <laughs> Why thank you? Uh, this brother has long since passed, but the back to back, like, but the, I think that these so iconic dead Negroes. Well, this one right here is important, I think, because some of these are are not only for our young people to be familiar with, but a lot some of these just the average everyday Joe doesn't know who these people are, and I think that it's necessary. I think what this brother did was was very uh, important, and the work he did then uh, definitely plays itself out now. Okay. And so uh, he was born in 1870 yeah. uh, in, in Georgia. And he went on to uh, he had a, uh, his family is very, very, very rich family. A lot, a lot of history that was involved in that. But something that he did in his lifetime, which was important, is that he founded the uh, Chicago Defender. And so it originally was a four page pamphlet, which ultimately made its way to circulating to a, a half a million people a week. Like from this paper, you don't get a uh, black enterprise, jet source essence. You don't get any of those black publications without the Chicago Defender. OK. And and what he was doing is at the time is that uh, back when Jim Crow and, and all the craziness that was going on in the South, where he was more so advocating to all to black people in the South who wanted to get to try to get away from that and about getting them to relocate either out west or up north to the rural cities where all the factories were going on and there was work up north. He was made, making these major campaigns and, and, and informing black people in the South about coming up north, okay. that there was opportunities. You can get money. You can work. You can take care of yourself. And though it's still America, there's still oppression. It's not that kind of oppression. Yeah. Yeah. And so he took this four page pamphlet and he just was like really getting the information out. This this, this black publication was uh, it, it, it one of the most uh post-slavery uh, millionaire. He right there with Ida B. Wells and, and you talk about that imagine Madam C.J. Walker. Yeah. He started talking about like, the, I mean, his influence for, for what he was doing. So he was a, a catalyst for the great migration because of the publication that he put out. That's what helped get a lot of brothers and sisters moving up north. Almost so much to the point to where they out, um, outlawed his publication in the south mm -hmm. because too many black people were f fleeing the south and going up north. Uh, southern states and, and people who didn't want you know things to change uh, were outlawing it. He got a good network together of brothers who were uh, used to work the railroads, and so when when people were in passenger cars and were sleeping, he was getting his publication circulated that way. Yeah. Brothers were working together to get that publication to people in the South so they can make that migration and move up north. Uh, he, I mean. 
just for on, on that side of the significance of our stories being told by us about how we get our information out to each other about not relying on the system or other people to tell us what's going on with us and what opportunities are for us. Um, this this brother w- was spearheaded that and, and he was just so instrumental in making that happen. And I think that we need to, to follow suit with that mentality of, of being able to speak to ourselves and get ourselves in some positions to where we can inform ourselves. That if the, the system shuts down or this group says we're not going to tell talk about that or we're not going to write about that, that we do with ourselves, kind of the basis of what this show is that we're doing right now yeah. about getting the information out to our people. So shout out one time, rest in peace to brother Robert Abbott. Robert Abbott. Yeah. Like I said, some folks you may not they may not have heard of this brother. Yeah, good, that's a good thing. No, oh, man. I'm saying, like, we got to highlight these folks. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, man, like, man, it's a lot going on. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, man, like, there's a lot going on. Yes, and so what Robert Albert's big, big push was about: I need to make sure that my people know about what's happening. I need to reach my people that may not be physically in front of me. And let them know where opportunities are. Let them know where the problems are. Help them, Let's get us all on the same page for what we're trying to do, where we're trying to get to, so we can all be informed and, and make the right moves out here. Mm. I think that that's a mentality that's important that gets lost. Now, social media in this era has, has helped that out a lot, where we can get the word across without having to go through the old days. It was you know three major networks. If they didn't ah. record it at 5 o'clock or 11, it was never heard of. We found ways that we can bridge the gap and communicate now. And that mentality is, is something that's so important because so much happens out here that just gets the, the message gets skewered. Uh, the narrative gets changed. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of tweaking to the facts. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of, of foreshadowing of, of opinion and, and, it, and it gets watered down through the system and that sometimes you just need to have a direct pipeline to find out what's happening. Yeah. If you're somewhere out in the world, we are in Sacramento, California and our city's name keep popping up a lot in the press these days. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, it has. <laughs> that is old phrase. Don't make me famous. You'd be famous for all the wrong reasons. Yes, sir. <laughs> so yes, we've, sir. Had, we've had a bunch of incidences happening around the city. They, uh, I, would, I, I am proud to say that you've been in, instrumental and influential in helping to get light brought to this. This is a city where, uh, as of lately, wherever you are in America, you've probably heard about the, the Stephon Clark situation that happened last year. Yeah. And this is where the, the situation where brothers allegedly vandalizing automobiles, which ultimately led into him being shot down by law enforcement in the backyard of his grandmother's house. That uh, the, the idea that... Uh, one equates to the other that okay yeah he broke some windows so that in any way shape or form should result in his death their law enforcement was saying that they thought that his cell phone was a was a firearm and that he motioned in a way that they felt their lives were in jeopardy or that they were in imminent harm and so they opened fire roughly 20 rounds at the unarmed stefan clark no doubt this issue happened this happened about a year ago and it's been a year ago uh, in this month yeah. March 18th is when he died. It's been almost it took almost a year for the district attorney here to to come forth with her investigation on if any charges would be brought on the two officers who were involved in the shooting uh, after independent 
investigations done by multiple people at this point, as well as the one done by her office, that her decision came back to not press any charges <laughs> against the two officers at hand. Uh, a separate independent investigation confirmed her belief system that no off- no charges would be brought before those officers. But something that, that has ignited this city and, and something that maybe you've heard about this if you're not in the general region is, is that Safal Clark lost his life in the backyard of his grandparents' house because police officers felt threatened, yep. felt their life was in jeopardy, and yep. they thought that he was in possession of a gun. Yeah. That was the first time the city of Sacramento killed Stephon Clark. Mm. The second time was when District Attorney Ann Schubert stood before the people and said that she painted a picture of a man who was desperate, who was a criminal, who was under the influence and was willing to take his own life. Suicidal. As she likes to call it. Yes. And painted the picture in the narrative that Stefan Clark was looking to commit suicide by cop based upon his domestic situation and some family problems. That was the second time the city of Sacramento killed Stefan uh-huh. Clark. These are things that have, that have ignited the city. There have been protests day after day. Businesses shut down. Lots going on. Yeah. What's happening in the 916? In the 916. Sacramento. Home of the Kings. AKA Cowtown. Um, I, was, I just got done watching. You know, if y'all haven't seen, I'm on Vice News. Barry Axis is on Vice News. Vice News, ABC News, CBS News, NBC News. I mean, you know, it comes with the. <laughs> I'm territory. waiting for the Young Turks to do their piece on you. I hope they do. I mean, if they want to hear Truth to Power, then you know they would come holler at me. But you know, there's a lot of dope folks and there's a lot of dope activism happening. Um, you know, shouts out to everybody that's putting in the work. This is this, our second year into this, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of us have been doing this work since 2014 um, as far as, you know, creating that that that, that platform to say a, uh, the moment of truth is coming and this is the moment of truth. And we waited a whole year um, for the DA to basically say exactly what we thought she was going to say. Yeah. And what she said is she's not going to, you know, charge these officers the two officers that killed Stephon Clark. I just more recently, the other day, in one of the candlelight vigils for Stephon Clark actually went to the backyard. I never really wanted to do it yeah. for my own reasons. Just didn't feel I wanted that energy. But we ended up being um, in the a backyard. And more now than ever, as I was in the backyard and I saw the proximity where he actually died and got shot at and how how... How close, really, in reality, the officers were to him, even though it was in a dark space in a dark uh, um, uh, play area, right? Okay. Like this dude had—he didn't have a chance, bro. Like they literally were set in doing what they were going to do, and that was going to execute him. I was uh, over drawn with emotion because. I was like, damn, this is where he got killed, right here. They have a, a little memorial air plaque for him right there in the area where he was gunned down. Okay. And as I looked at it, and I kept on replaying it and having a somebody go around the corner and kind of reliving the moment where he got shot as if that was me and seeing where the police could have thought or would have thought whatever idea that they had. Um, all of the miscommunication between the helicopter of the sheriffs and the SAC PD is a reason why Stephon Clark is uh, is dead. And the fact we had some overzealous police officers 
that wanted to get a a, 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 a kill on their belt. Because there was no other way that happened besides negligence and murder on the minds of these police officers. They did not give that man a chance. They pretty much said, we will be judge, jury, and executioner. So being in that moment was surreal. As we've been diving in these moments, once again, year two, this is nothing new to us. We've been here before. Yeah. But now we have the one verdict, and that is no charges. The second verdict from the AG, Attorney General, we've you know, did our investigation. We're not going to charge the officers. <clears throat> now we're listening and waiting, hopefully, for Chief Han, the black police chief that they brought to be the hero of Sacramento, to make his decision. But we know the decision is not just based clearly on him. It's also clearly based on the city manager. The city manager is the one that has a stroke here. It's not the mayor. No. The mayor, because we have dragged him, we have um, beat him down, I guarantee you at this point, if he had the power, he would say, you guys got to go. Yeah. He would, you know, he would do that because he's on record now saying that Stephon Clark didn't have to die. Now, is firing the officers saying that um, they should be guilty of murder? Not necessarily, but firing the officers is basically saying whatever actions that you displayed, you can't be here. Yeah. And I think that's what folks got to understand something. You can get fired from your job for the littlest things. It does not mean that you are a bad employee. It's just you can't be here doing some of the stuff that you do as an employee. Yeah. So being in this moment, think about it. Ever since the verdict, like right now, you know, we're recording our podcast on a Saturday. The verdict happened, or excuse me, the the the, uh, the press conference for the DA happened on a Saturday. One, that never happens, <laughs> right? Yeah. It never happens on a Saturday. Two, there were meetings after meetings to figure out the pulse of the community and figure out what we're going to do. I went to one of those alleged private meetings at first to hear to make sure that whatever was being said, truth was being spoke. I saw the bullshit for what it was. They haven't come back. Yeah. Because of what they wanted and how they were discussing it and how they were going to get to it, it didn't meet the same kind of level of what I felt the city needed to do. Another thing, the media portrayed an, an idea that if the verdict was to be what we knew it was to be, the officers weren't going to get charged, that the city would burn. And it would be black people looting and robbing and yeah. doing exactly what they're allegedly supposed to do, right? Yeah. In reaction to um, the DA. That was so far from the truth. And there was many times that I was quoted on, on record saying, I don't really know what's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if nothing happened at all. Now, not saying that by saying, what you're thinking is going to happen is not necessarily going to happen, right? Our charge won't be that. Then the verdict happens on a Saturday. The emotional roller coaster from the changing of dates. It was supposed to happen two weeks before. It was supposed to happen right after Black History Month. It was supposed to happen in January. The roller coaster of emotions, right? That led to the actual DA finally saying what she knew. She was going to say six months ago, but she just delayed it. Yeah. 
because she had made reference to she cannot press these press charges on these officers because the letter of the law. Be very clear, y'all. The letter of the law, the police bill of rights, protects these officers to basically said, I feared for my life. There's no ramifications to that piece, to that idea. So with that reality that we both live, or we all live in this police state, the officers were going to get out regardless of the, the situation because this was a lot of a black and white. This wasn't black and white. This was a lot of gray. Other cases before were what? Black and white. So now here we have a situation. Stephon Clark is not coming back. The charges that weren't brought up on these officers, the DA now decides to defame, criminalize, and destroy Stephon Clark's character in the name of why the officers had to kill him. So in reality, what the DA did was actually ignite what we have today. She actually ignited the fuel and the fire of how people will respond. I honestly believe that regardless of how the decision was made, because a lot of us knew what the decision was going to be, people wouldn't have charged the way they have charged. But because she took the time and was strategic and was surgical yeah. in, in destroying who this young man was or this young man could have been with putting out text messages between him and his uh, uh, children's uh, fiance, mother, fiance, whatever. Yeah. And for creating this idea, like this dude was a 22 young man, 22 year old young man that was ready to just let it go. It was almost, it was almost unreal, surreal to the point where we're asking why was Stephon Clark on trial and why weren't those two officers on trial? So now predicated to what that is, you had a mall shutdown led by the coalition of black students as me being an organizer, helping them create that moment in a major way. We have the 85 individual protesters arrested after marching down the rolling 40s, a.k.a. the Fab 40s, a fluent rich white community we have those folks arrested because the privilege of white people in that community was uh definitely interfered with in that in that way yeah, they want to make a statement and then we had multiple different walkouts by students in sacramento different crews different um cliques all coming together different neighborhoods all coming together to watch and march down the capitol we had the clergy and community leadership getting together and marching for the new bill, AB uh, 392, which would be a bill that would hold these police officers more accountable, would throw out that notion that you could say pretty much, well, I feared for my life. You have to really fear for your life in a reality of why did you fear for your life? What made you fear for your life at this particular time? It gives more accountability to the police walking these streets. So you have a bunch of, of, of protests that have emerged, a bunch of new leadership that has emerged. And I've been a part of many of these cornerstones as far as whether organizing, whether um, making sure that I, 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 I give my expertise as well as me being on these media runs, giving the real true identity of why we are here and the manuscripts of what we're doing to make sure that there's another, another Stephon Clark again. It's been tiring. It's been relentless. But here we are in this moment again. 
Yeah, I, and I think for for a lot of people, if you're not from the area, so if if you have not seen this unfold day by day, and you're just flipping on the news and you're seeing all these people out here protesting, all these people out here walking around, like what's everybody all upset about? Like, and to really get, even if you if you didn't if you never knew who Stephon Clark was in life, and let's just say all intents and purposes you didn't care about him, like that that's not your issue. You you, you don't you're you I don't care one way or the other. Something to take into consideration is, is practice and precedence mm. of, of how things are done. And once something is done, it then can be used as an example to do it again. Yeah. And so a big issue with the way that the district attorney addressed this was is that she spent all this time doing this, quote unquote, in-depth, thorough investigation mm-hmm. into the 48 hours leading into the incident where Stephon Clark ran into these police officers. Where they did his toxicology, they looked at his his mental state, what was going on in his household, like what, where his mind frame was, all leading up to his interaction with these officers. And a question that was asked was, was the toxicology done on the two law enforcement officers? No. Her response was, I didn't see anything that 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 thought made me think it was necessary. <laughs> A lot of people's upset was you did a full, thorough 48 hour investigation on Stephon Clark leading up to them. Did you do your due diligence and investigate the officers leading up to 48 hours before? Because if you're going to paint the picture that Stephon Clark was potentially suicidal because of what was going on in his life. Who's to say that one of those officers didn't get hit with divorce papers that morning? Man. Who's to say that one of their mothers not on stage four cancer? Man. Who's to say that one of them didn't have gambling debts and problems? Man. Who's to say that one of them didn't have PTSD from a previous case that had to deal with going down a dark alley and seeing flashing lights from the helicopter? Talk to them. None of these things were done to paint the emotional picture, the mentality, psyche, and mindset of either of those two officers. So if you're going to stand and say that this is a narrative I'm going to paint about him when the reason why you're here is to investigate the behaviors done by <laughs> them, them then that's what leads the people to be upset and and to think that this is not justice that's being served mm. there are folks who sit there and say well this dude was a criminal and this is what happens when you don't do what you're supposed to do and you well, he shouldn't have ran and he shouldn't comply i think that there's something that happens in our society that's important to know you have two sides of people on the street There are groups of people who would say anywhere you are in America, if you have children, I hope you do because this will resonate. And if not, picture your younger brother or maybe even your younger self. If you're a 15 year old teenager walking across the street jaywalking and a law officer tells you, hey, stop, come here. If you don't come there initially, Mm. you don't just stop exactly what you're doing right. And he yells at you two or three times. And then all of a sudden you move frequently and you find out that your 15 year old son was shot dead, shot 10 times the street. Man, there is a per- sect of our population that will say he should have complied. Mm. He should have done exactly what he was told. And had he done exactly what he was told, none of this would happen. Man, there's another group of our society that will say there's no justification you can give me that will tell me that my 15 year old son should have been shot for jaywalking. Yeah. And I think that when we don't acknowledge that divide, <laughs> because the people who sit there and say rules and regulations over everything, yeah. they will not care. They will say that he should have followed the rules first. Yep. The other people who lead with humanity and compassion will tell you he was a kid that was jaywalking. That's it. And so we have to hear both sides out. And when you put all the information for both sides, you get a better understanding. But when you only go one side, one side and her whole case was painting the picture of one side that this dude was ready to die. Yeah. 
it, you can't help but be, why would you not do the same for the other side? Exactly. And when you don't, and then you move forward, if you're somebody who doesn't care about Stephon Clark or doesn't care about Sacramento or these things, whatever, this is then becomes the narrative that all I need to prove is what was going on with you. you. I can sit there and all come to find out both those officers could have histories of all kinds of issues. They could have been they probably form, do. They could have been former military who had some PTSD from some combat training. Well, you know, one they, of the officers, the black officer, he actually um, something happened to him as he when he, see it was had a mental breakdown in Tennessee. See, like I'm saying, there could be a scenario where you going through a dark officer alley, Ter- Officer Terrence, where a flashing light of a helicopter can trigger something in you, and that leads you to to be hypersensitive to a situation. I remember speaking to some law enforcement officers in Sacramento. Some from the sheriff's department, and they were saying that's not the way we work. They were saying they they were these guys in particular who were saying that that's inexperience, that this is not a training issue, that this is what you get from from time in the game. That if for most of us in life, regardless of what you do, when you're young, life comes at you fast. Yeah. When you get older, you realize how much it slows down. Yeah. That's not particular training. That's just life experience and yeah. dealing with things. What's the investigation on their experience level? They rushed in to a dark backyard. You ran into the dark where you couldn't see from a dude you didn't know with a guy you didn't know had a weapon. And automatically doing that puts your life in danger. That's a heightened situation. You know what I mean? So in in, in that reality, and I'm trying to tell you, bro, the proximity ain't that far. It's not too far between. It's like you hit that corner, bam. You're almost like touching each other, you know, clearly. Um, of course, there's a little bit more length to it, but it ain't that far. And I can't tell if you have this or that. But guess what? The cell phone wasn't even black. It was white. Yeah. Had a white cover on. And part of what they're saying is because of the light that was coming from up top from the helicopter, it creates a moving shadow, which it does. If you take a stationary object, but you put the light, take you doing with your lamp, do it with your cell phone light. If you take a light above top and rotate it around, it's going to move the shadows on the wall. It's going to make things seem like they're moving. It's going to make things seem like there's more than there is, especially when your anxiety levels are high. It's a high tense situation. Where's the due diligence on their ability in high sentence, heightened sentence uh, situations? Do they have history in those things? For all I knew, one of them officers was bit by a dog at night. And the thing about it, to assess a murder, to assess a murder, right? This is murder. To assess this had to end in murder. Yeah. For vandalism. For vandalism. Let's be very clear. Worst case scenario, this wasn't, this vandalism. Wasn't, this wasn't a, a serial rapist. This wasn't a call for a a, 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 a killer. Yeah. This wasn't a call from a person that just um, was in a shootout with police officers. Yeah. This is for vandalism. So you have the audacity, D.A. Schubert, to negate the facts as well pertaining to the information saying that the vandalizing that allegedly Stephon Clark did, you have DNA evidence of that, but yet to show us was one thing, but you had all the text messages of him and his girlfriend going back and forth, having a, 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 a dispute, but more or less his girlfriend being more of the aggressor in a way of saying things to provoke Stephon Clark and Stephon Clark not 
staying in 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 in, in term to the text messages and saying I'll beat your ass or blah. Like but young twenty something year olds do. It was some drama, and you put it out there as if this is what's going on, and that's not knocking any of the um record that he does have for whatever he's done. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but right there. If you brought that to court, they would have thrown it out. Like, what are you showing me? Because at the end of the day, Stephon Clark's not on trial. Yeah. Those officers are. And um, again, this is a DA that for 30 times an officer in Sacramento has done something. It's been 30 times an officer has walked. Never, she has not charged any officers ever. She, before this story really hit national news, took money from the police union. Now, it was like 400 Yeah, now, 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 folks want to sit there and say that doesn't mean anything. It does mean a lot. It does mean a lot. What she did was criminalize the victim for her base, for those who voted her in, for public opinion, because public opinion of black males is exactly what she created was we are always, even as victims, are supposed to be criminals. Yes. It doesn't matter. We are always the aggressor. So we don't want to live. We want to die. But I'm telling you, Schubert, that man wanted to live. And from being at one time a 22-year-old lost and being a young father at that age and knowing all the extremes that me and my daughter's mom went through, I could imagine if something happened to me and they had uh, 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 my pager uh, and was able to get the messages me and my daughter's mom was go back and forth with. Well, you know let, what I'm saying? Let, let, let's be honest. Let, let's even remove the 22-year-olds arguing. Let's do a transcript of two 45-year-old people, a married couple, arguing with each other. Talk to me. What words came out of your mouth? If we did a tran, if we transcribe, it take any married couple because they had two kids together. So that we're going to equate that to yeah, marriage because yeah, that's a lot of time yeah, together. Yeah. Any, any of you who are 40, 45, 50, 55, think about the last half dozen heated arguments you got into. If we did it, if we transcribed that and read that in a court of law, everybody going to jail. For sure. I hate you. I hate your mama. I wish you die. This, this, all that stuff that we say in heated, passionate relationships when it, when it turns ugly and we get to argue and get to fight. Yeah. So to sit there and take that as a transcript of two young people who are emotional and young. Yeah, young, immature, and and all that stuff that that comes with it, and it, to transcribe their argument and try to say this, I'm going to paint the picture of this person's character, mental state, and well being, and people buy it. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it, it, take I like like, like I said, and I, people I, buy it because that because, years. because, I, because in the sense of, and I'm not to interrupt you because <laughs> the frustrating part about it, she knows what she was doing. Yeah. She knows what she was doing and people bought the shit and was hoping that, OK, she said what she needed to say. That's why this fucking uh, guy had to die. And I just have to say this one thing. How the hell does a 22 year old black male die in his grandparents' backyard and a fucking mountain lion gets tranquilized and the mountain lion was moving in the suburb of here, Sacramento, the Thomas. It was running around, moving in a suburb, and it got tranquilized. Because here's the, and, and and keeping with that exact example, they didn't know who Stephon Clark was. It, it's not the difference that the police saw him, gave chase because they knew who he was, and they knew he was a known felon, known, known criminal, that he was a dangerous person, or or what have you. That wasn't the case. He was just a, a dark figure on the street who was supposedly breaking windows. 
The mountain lion, it's pretty safe to say that if somebody came across that mountain lion, walked up on it quickly, turned the corner and saw it, they would probably be attacked. But the imminent danger and the probability of pain is much higher with that mountain lion than potentially with Stephon Clark. But the mountain lion was, was treated with kid gloves because there was more of a value and appreciation assessed to him as opposed to what was potentially given to Stephon Clark. Like we, we the, the, this narrative that we like to show, like I said, no one is necessarily sitting there saying that uh, there needs to be criminal charges brought against those officers. Because in order to say that it is criminal, it has to go against the existing laws for what law enforcement can do. And you then have to turn around and say that no one is, is not automatically saying that these cops woke up looking to kill somebody huh. that day. But the fact is, is that the big part and the huge slap in the face is, is that there was absolutely no care or concern given to Stefan Clark. She could have just sat there and did the exact same thing she did in her only and one press conference where she laid out the case, told me without a doubt what I needed to know. She can't charge him. She basically says the law, the law, not me, but the law. If I'm working in the law, which I'm supposed to, what I'm sworn to do, the law is saying I can't charge the officers. So in public opinion, yeah, I could say, yeah, we'll prosecute them. But I ain't going to win and get a conviction. Yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> the is for what people to get. When it says the law, all that law states is that if there's a reasonable yes. question. Yes. So if you have to say what's reasonable, okay. reasonable is left up to interpretation. So is it reasonable for me to believe that uh, somebody who is fleeing from me, if I'm a law enforcement uh, agent and somebody's running from me. So it's reasonable to believe that they're a criminal if they're running from me. Mm. That fault, that's reasonable. Mm. If they're cornered in a backyard and they turn around suddenly, is it reasonable that they could possibly be wanting to confront me? Eh, maybe. If I see that there's something in their hand, is it reasonable that it could be a weapon? That's reasonable. Now, when you have such a wide margin of what reasonable is, anything that I do within that is reasonable. Yeah. Now, if you're going to say that I'm going to make the, the burden of proof if I'm going to say he had a gun, does this thing need to look like a gun? Mm -mm. Now we now we have something specified. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, like, the real reality is if you turn around suddenly and you're holding a teddy bear, I thought it was a gun. Yeah. Why? Well, it was reasonable. He had something in his hand. I saw something in the hand. It could have been a gun. Yeah. Well, does this teddy bear look anything like a gun? No. Okay, now we're going to fine tune the burden of proof. Mm. I need to fine tune and bring that down with her where she was at. That's exactly right. Based upon the letter of the law, she's in no position to charge these officers. Not at all. She could have just as easily came out. Look, based upon the law that's on the book. Exactly. These, these officers chased a suspected individual into a to a corner situation. He turned around abruptly based upon what information was given to me. Something was in his hand. They thought that he was good. They shot him. Exactly. Based upon the law, I have no position to charge him. This is a 15 minute press yes. conference. That's it. Done and done Boom. and I'm out. And the rage of the people will stand silent in so many different ways. Now we are going to rage, not even in a way the way you're looking, but in a way of making sure the pressure is put on the chief and the city manager. The DA off the hook. 
Yeah. I mean, like, this, like if you just go based upon the letter of the law for what that is, that's a done and done 15 minutes press conference and go about your mother effing what? Let's be very clear that what we know is what we know. And what we know, what we've understood for some of us that's been working on these things for such a long time. We haven't just started in 2016 or started in 2017 or even when Stephon Clark got killed. We've been here before. And the Police Bill of Rights, as when I started creating my activism journey, was always something that I was often told to read and look at and make sure you study because this is what keeps these killer cops Go, from going to jail. A nation of laws. They a nation of fucking laws in black is white. what continues to keep these killer cops killing without any consequences and with immunity. Until you change the law and the process of that law, we're going to continue to have police officers get away with murder unless it was so hands down egregious to where like, okay, yo, shoot. But here in Sacramento, in this conservative white city, even if it is, right, even if it is, you have a DA that's not running with what's right for the people. She's running with what's right with her path. And I have to respect that in the lane. But what's happened is the DA once again has ignited a flame and a fire because she's decided to do something unreasonable. And that is instead of just sticking to the laws that she knows and she's aware of, she defamed and dehumanized and killed Stephon Clark for the tw for the second time around. Okay, so keeping exactly with that and why I preface the importance of practice in precedence. So the 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 the, uh, the protest that went through what's known in Sacramento as the fabulous 40s, which is the, the affluent neighborhood in which you were referring to. At the end of that protest, and it's important to note at the end, when people were dispersing and going home, Law enforcement stepped in full riot gear deep, telling everybody you need to get where you're going. You need to leave here or you will be detained. People were leaving like they were. And, and I was privy. To, I wasn't at the protest, but there were several people who were uh, Facebook living at the time. Yeah. So I saw it in real time yeah. it, with real responses. They were cordial. They were polite. They were instructing the masses. Go this way. Make sure you stay on the sidewalk. Don't be disruptive. Keep it moving. Let's go. Nobody was defiant. Nobody was belligerent. Nobody was combative. They moved with the way they were supposed to. And they were corralled onto an area here. If you're in the Sacramento area, you know, the 51st Street overpass bridge. But it for think for your for your brain, if you're not familiar, almost bottlenecked into a narrow lane. Yeah. So it took a mass of people were bottlenecked into a narrow lane where they were still leaving. And the people who were there who were walking the protesters were saying, hey, look at them. There's more of them now referring to the police officers behind them. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, look, they're coming quicker. They noticed how fast they were. They were picking up speed. Yeah. So the protesters moved faster. Yeah. They were not trying to be in the way. They kept saying, get on the sidewalk. They got to the point to where they were on the overpass on the bridge. And then they noticed law enforcement on the opposite side of the bridge had them pinned yes. in the middle of the bridge. Now, this is the part that's important where it goes to practice and precedent and why these things are, are, are so necessary to pay attention to and why the letter of the law matters. Mm. You had all these people who were on the bridge, the clergyman, there was a, uh, somebody in a wheelchair, there was some elderly, there was some young people all on this bridge. The lights were then turned off on the bridge. It was dark out there. <laughs> 
The only light that was shown was the was the cell phone light and an occasional helicopter light that passed. You had all these people who were on the side. They weren't even on the street. They were all on that narrow sidewalk, staying out of the street because they didn't want to give them any reasons. Yeah. People were fearful. They had there were people who you can hear starting to cry. The camera was panning. You could see tears in the eyes. All these all these people who were sitting in the dark who had all these law enforcement agents in riot gear who were standing side by side. Now, when it goes to the letter of the law, all you need is a reasonable situation to use lethal force. Mm. All it would have taken is one person in that group mm. to panic, yeah. to have a PTSD <laughs> moment, to be overwhelmed because there's people who legitimately thought they were going to die on that bridge that night. And all it would have taken is one person to freak out and scare one of those police officers. And if one of those officers responded with lethal force because it was reasonable to believe that one of those people was going to attack because it was fourth and long, that could have been a very bloody, very dangerous, very deadly circumstance with a bunch of people who wasn't, who wasn't there for that. And when it comes to a reasonable situation, what would have happened? We were on a dark bridge with a bunch of protesters and one of them became irate. I believed he was going to attack. And because there were so many of them, I was fearful for my life. Mm. And we could have had elderly. We could have had clergymen. There was press people. Community leaders. All these people. Students. There's a whole lot of people. This could have become incredibly ugly because the letter of the law, practice and precedence. This does not just happen to individual people. This can happen to anybody anywhere on some stuff that you wasn't about. Let me tell you something. Clearly, I was out there, and as um, the the great protesters um, who valiantly and activists who valiantly uh, put their lives on the line um, to make things clear that we have had not, had 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 have had excuse me we have had enough, and we no longer would be silent. So a lot of the new voices that are here, are, we are appreciative of the effort. I left. As I talked to one of the organizers of that protest, a good friend of my Dr. Flo, and usually I stay to, to, throughout the whole uh, um, protest, no matter what it was, no matter if it's mine, someone else's, I'm staying because, you know, this is, I'm a, I'm a, as, as much as I'm a, a, a radical, I'm a peacekeeper and I make sure that people are safe. I made sure folks were safe when there was an, an, an a, a moment that we had with a, a person with a mag hat that came out there to be fucking foolish and got his mag hat took. And that's the make America great again hat. The new uh, clan, uh, uh, you know, sheet. I sat there and said, you guys good. What's next move? We're leaving. Um, we're going back to our cars. Everything is done. We, you know, mission accomplished. I said, all right, y'all cool. Said, yeah. So I left. 30 minutes later, I got a phone call. Barry, you need to get down here. Everyone's getting arrested. I said, what are you talking about? I just left them. Everything was good. That was a setup. And the reason why that was a setup is because um, police were hiding when I drove in in different locations in different areas. Um, in this area on Folsom Boulevard, I was like, uh, why? Usually they're a little bit more in. I saw paddy wagons already uh, uh, um you know, in position as I drove in, but I didn't think nothing of it because, again, we're peaceful protesters. We didn't want to burn anything. But when the narrative started coming out about vandalism, 
as the captain, uh, the, pol the police captain kind of uh, uh, created this idea that it was an unlawful, unauthorized uh, protest. And you guys have to remember protesting is, is uh, your right. <laughs> it's legal. It's not illegal to protest. You know, it may uh, engage in some type of disobedience in some way with the loud noise, but it's not illegal. They wanted to prove a point that you will not come to our privileged white community and cause shit because 85 people were arrested. And I'm going to tell you because I've been here in Sacramento since 2014, one of the major uh, uh, organizers and community leaders, regardless of what folks want to say, I've been here when it started. When we started protesting in these ways, shutting down the community, uh, shutting down the city, we started this with a lot of folks. And some of these folks are here. Some of these folks aren't. And some nuanced folks have come together and, you know, some have took it to, to the next level. And that's an awesome thing. But what's here? And so I know every protest. I've been to pretty much almost all of them. And we've never had 85 people get arrested. We shut down, as a community, we shut down the Golden One, not one arrest. We shut down the freeway, not one arrest. Black Lives Matter has diligently stayed on task and have been at the DA's office for almost about a year. And in that year, maybe two or three people have got arrested and those who got arrested were arrested because the police provoked the situation. They created a chaotic situation, not them as protesters. If they've been doing the same thing for how many weeks and days, why would something be different any time other? Yeah. They sat there and they pushed and provoked, as well as shutting down the mall in a previous day before we went into the Fab 40s. Me and a group of young people, it started off with 10, 13, and ended up being uh, uh, Brother Ryan from Sack Axe. And six other young youth. And we proceeded to shut down the mall. Right? Spent the night in a, a, a sit-in. Some youth woke up and said, hey, gotta go. We're gonna wanna come back. I said, well, might not be the right thing to do, but that's what you gotta do. I proceeded to help the others organize and said, here's the plan. This is what we gotta do to stay the course. Because if you leave now, no one's gonna care. Right? Yeah. And we shut down the mall. The mall was closed for the whole day. No business. No stores open. Starbucks, Macy's, BJ's, Nordstrom's, all, Nordstrom's, all of them stores, Sears, JCPenney's, whatever store, but Champs, all stores shut down. And no arrests. No, not one arrest. So I say this, that there's been a lot more intense moments in that golden one uh, uh, moment. I just knew that the the idea if somebody was going to jail it was going to be that, that was day. going to be that day. <laughs> yeah, trespassing and all that, and and not to cut you off. So people, if you don't remember, that was it was the Golden One Arena was shut down during an NBA yes. televised nationally televised game. The Sacramento Kings play the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, a stadium that holds let's call it roughly twenty thousand people yep. had fifteen hundred in attendance, and that's including the team, staff members, yep. vendors, and everybody else. And not only mm -hmm. once. But it was done twice. So nobody got arrested. So for me to sit there and look at the situation, and there's been other multiple shutdowns. We're looking at the city council. There was a shutdown in the city council that was so intense that someone got arrested, but that person that got arrested had nothing to do with any of the protesters. It was just some random person. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm saying all this to say that law enforcement has this, this, this rule of thumb and they utilize it whenever they want to. And that is they will show force when necessary and they will hold and restrain because they know it's unnecessary. And what they showed was it was necessary because we inflicted a uncomfortable situation with folks that have never had to bother to hear a name named Stephon Clark, never had to bother with black pain, never had to bother with the symptoms of the sickness of their white privilege or racism in America because they benefit. They've had never had to see a whole bunch of angry black people, but not only black people, but white people, Latinos. Asian people yeah, coming into their community and disrupting their nice. That's homes. a good point to do too, because this is not just a black people complaining situation. No. There are there are white people out there who have joined in this fight. Yes. Said Asians, Latinos, all that. So men, women, Led by young, black people. old. Yes. So I'm saying so because and and, and and I always like to, to make stuff you can see it. Why should I care? Yeah. If you live in the Sacramento area, you're like, why should I care about these two police officers? Uh, keeping their job or, or 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 not. Here's something to take into consideration with these two officers if you leave them on the force. And uh, a potential problem which I could see would be incredibly effective and detrimental to those who want to turn a blind eye. With these two officers, if you leave them on the force, please know, please understand, and please believe every case they're involved in, if it's a routine traffic stop to a, a serious investigation, are all going to trial. <laughs> And this case is going to repeatedly come up in the judgment used by those two officers. You're going to exercise a lot of extra money, man hours and resources to everything these two cops do for the duration of their career in Sacramento. If they pull you over for a speeding ticket, please believe you take that to trial. You subpoena every office, you subpoena those officers, and then you do an investigation on the ability to do the job effectively with these two officers named on it. You are going to exercise, it's going to cost you taxpayers a lot of extra money, resources, man hours allocated. So when you're like, why do I care? Well, the reason why you can't get that speed bump in your neighborhood is because funds are being allocated to deal with trials of these two officers. When you're saying, why can't I get these lights in these parking lots, do these parks? Because resources are being allocated to deal with cases for these officers. How can we can't get extra stuff, equipment for the law enforcement division? Because resources are being allocated to deal with cases involving these two officers. Are these two dudes worth it? That you can't, that your community is going to suffer. Your department, if you're in the, in the law enforcement department, is going to suffer. Or if you're in the court system, if you're dealing, if you're the judges, if you're dealing with getting jury duty for all this mess. If you're, are these two dudes' jobs worth it? I, I think that when you say that, are they, their jobs worth it? I think that almost in a sense it becomes bigger than their well, I'm saying if you're in the community and you're like, this is going, these two guys yeah. staying on the force is about to be a major problem. If you're like, I don't care about Stephon Clark, yeah. I don't care about this yeah. situation. Yeah. Maybe you care about the fact that you needed speed bumps. Yeah. Maybe you care that you needed execute extra security for your function. Maybe you care about needing resources in your your area of the community. You're going to come up short because of this ongoing situation because of these two officers. And 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 you know what you said is the, the man spot on. But I think that in reality, again. These communities that we're talking about in the Fab 40s that we hit, I think they don't care as much, though they 
I feel in within reason definitely will struggle with having to come up and flip the bill. But I think they have enough resources that they'll come together and do as they need to do for their community to make sure they're getting whatever they need. Yes. The lack thereof other communities. That's who I'm referring to. Cause, cause these will, are SAC PD. Yeah. It's not going to be just the forties. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. With it, other folks, it will. But if you're in, 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 in a, a place where it doesn't bother me, it doesn't bother you. I go into say more or less of, you have a system that is going and needs to stay intact. So I think that some folks will be okay with the brunt of it. Because think about if we collectively, collectively come together and we finally get a win, a major win. And Chief Han says, effectively today, Officer so-and-so, Jared and Terrence, have been fired you know, transferred fired I, I'm saying I think if they sent them out somewhere else fired <laughs> because they cannot be transferred because they're going to do the same shit in Cleveland same shit in Kansas City same shit in Florida you know what I'm saying? Same shit. Well, I'm talking about for Sacramento because because so, that was what happened. If, yeah. they, if they get fired here, they're going somewhere else. Well, hopefully, like I said, fired, and then no other officer and no other police precinct I think will touch them because I mean it's just too much of a liability. I'm saying that if that does happen, clearly what it will do is define a blueprint that Sacramento collectively with all facets not necessarily coming together in harmony but coming together in a way to where we've made so much noise for the last two years or excuse me five to six years of just being an advocate to create this change this idea of change right to be able to be embraced and to show this blueprint to the communities that are struggling with the same thing we're struggling to the, the cities and states that are struggling with the same shit that we're struggling to how we really can take down the gatekeepers of white supremacy. I think that's a more dangerous conversation that would have all those parties that were involved in that will start to now have to really watch their back because I don't think that folks really want to see the system be taking a hit to that to capacity because now we'll have the blueprint to figure out, oh, well, this is all we have to do, A, B, and C. And I don't feel and I don't believe they're trying to allow their system to break in that way. So then the big move is is that, so A, number one important is when it comes to voting on the, on the changing of the language uh, of the law for the police bill of rights something that that was brought up at the press conference has been the exact it's been in it's it's been implemented since was it 1872 man it's been the same law on the books since seven years after the end of slavery that, and, and, and you know and, and let's let's and let's not also forget yeah this police idea right yeah was an idea based off of enslavement they were slave catchers, man. Yeah, you're, the the premise of them is to protect the property, uh, uh, which is still the case. And what that and exactly? The still the case is that. Yeah. So the the, the important vandalism is the reason why he got killed. Exactly. So they say. 
So the the, the big focus is 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 to to work on the the re, the new language of the law of the law. AB 392. And if you're not sure, like I said, that's why they say it all the time. This is a nation of laws. The yeah. black and white's what's important. People can say whatever they want on a campaign trail. They can say yeah. whatever they want in press conferences. They'll say whatever they want when they're in your, it's in, in your face. You can get checks. You can get civil suits. No. D- departments can pay you out. But until the black and white is changed, yeah. until the actual letter of the law is changed, you're going to keep practicing precedence. You're going to keep coming back to the same problem. You got to change what's in the black and white. And that we got to watch these narratives that 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 are said about us out here, that that you know, going back to the original point of, of the first brother Abbott about making sure that w- we stay on this, because yeah. because the stuff that I was seeing the live feeds was in direct confliction with reports that were coming out. Yeah, I took. Uh, <laughs> well, I said I, I specifically crazy, took. Bro. I took Facebook live posts from from several. You were one of them. I took Facebook live. The people were going. I was actually screenshotting images of what was happening and i sent them to some of the journalists who've gone on to live move to other cities yeah. and other states uh shout out to tia ewing okay what's up because with she, she's in chicago now and she young was reposting tia. it okay. she was saying i'm getting this feed straight out of sacramento from stuff that's happening shout out to brother zoe williams yeah. stuff down in los angeles yeah, zoe what's up and, with my young guy and different guys I was, I was like look i said you're gonna hear a different narrative in the morning I said, this is what's happening right now and sent live information. And they were like, yeah, this is not the stories that we're getting about what's happening in the city. Because that's what's always been the thing is to change the narrative. The correct narrative is why the people are out, because the narrative that's been directed has been a false narrative to, yeah. for this stuff to go away. And like I said, if we do accomplish something, because... Justice will never be served. Stephon Clark can never come back. That's never going to be a justice for that. He's dead. Yeah. He's not he's not in a wheelchair. He's dead. He should have never died. But in the reality of getting those officers off and then changing the law, yeah. two big wins. Again, I think that that formation would be a scary formation because guess what? You now have folks really identifying and realizing that these folks these courageous individuals, from clergy to student to business owners, from women to men, from black, Asian, Latino, Caucasian, to homeless, to 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 all kind of walks of different life, teachers, you know, uh, 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 um, foundation uh, uh, CEOs, have all come together somehow, some way. Activists. Put this thing to where it steadily was in our face for two years and did everything outside of shooting a police officer to bring attention and to show we mean business. Well, that's important part to do because the the narrative always gets shifted to never has there. There has not been one case uh, of an issue against law enforcement. You've never heard you've heard no retaliatory type moves. You've never heard any campaign or narrative about being anti-cop per se that 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 gets pushed and put out there. I think that's something that's important that this nation as a whole was, was founded and moved and established on the bucking the system mentality. Yeah. A group of people who no longer wanted to 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 stay the course of, of, of Britain. And be under rule that way, wanted to do their own thing. And that required, 
you know, some backlash, some pushback and fighting for what it is that the identity that this nation wanted. And that has been a common trend amongst the people in this nation since its inception, that just because you came up with something, there are very few institutions that would last that long. And you think about a law put in place in 1872, how much this nation has changed. People have evolved. Things are different that that. It might be worth relooking and rewording and, and, and reinvestigating. And when it comes to, to dealing with people, that we don't forget the humanity for the rules, mm. that we don't remove the dehumanized people and, and take away that this is an individual. We like to use labels. They were a criminal. They were this. They were that. I was a person. Mm. I was a man. That was a father. And that we we have to, to make sure that we are consistent in 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 fighting for what it is that we believe in yeah. and that we have to understand that maybe we've had some ideas that, that we were wrong about and be willing to change and willing to listen to new folks. All this stuff is going to be an ongoing battle forever because human beings are, are complicated creatures. But we have to be open to the idea of taking a new information. We have to be consistent in our actions for change. Mm-hmm. And these things all start by saying something. Listen, Y'all folks on the ground, continue to do your thing. I'm with y'all. It's going down. We have a lot of work to do. We're going to give you updates continuously. Um, Our push is to get these officers fired. Our push is to change the letter of the law through AB um, 392. We'll talk more about that um, on later dates. But again, continue to keep the pressure on. And, uh, you know. We're keeping it right there. Where can folks find you and get information on those law changes and other things coming up? I mean, Barry Axius um, on Facebook, on Barry Axius, um, Twitter and IG Team Void. Like I said, we're going to be doing a lot of pop ups, a lot of stuff. You know how I do, how we rock when we got some initiative that we got to put for Team Void is always in the building, making it make make it make sense. Excuse me. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform it is at J Morris CEO. This has been the Say Something podcast. And until next show, yes, sir. we will holler at you later. Peace.